We are back with another episode of the Black Box Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed. And I'm your host, John. And we got another interview, this time with a well-known member of FinTwit, uh, Penny Lane Blaine. Full name is Blaine McCauley. She also is the host of the Penny Lane Pod, which is you know a leading stock market-related podcast where she goes through the real struggles of a COVID trader that's you know learning to properly trade and properly manage risk and develop a real strategy. Uh, she's also an artist too. So we get into that a little bit and we just talk about her balancing being a female in the space, being a mother and trying to pursue multiple business ventures. So I think it's a really good one. Yeah. And Blaine was a great guest and like an even doper person. So very, very excited for you guys to hear this one. And I know you're going to love it. So I guess let's just get started. I agree. Let's get into it. We're super excited to, uh, announce on black box that we have our first advertisement and it is with our very own podcasting platform zencaster which is what we've been using since day one to record remotely with our guests Uh, and they've become a new sponsor for the show so tune in check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned to hear more about why we love zencaster Hey, uh, Blaine. Uh, also, your full name is Blaine McCauley? Uh-huh. All right. I just wanted to get the right pronunciation. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you, you know, answering my DM, giving us the opportunity <laughs> to get you on here. Uh, you want to start by introducing yourself a little bit? Sure. Uh, my name's Blaine McCauley on Twitter. It's Penny Lane Blaine. My podcast is the Penny Lane Podcast. It is just about a year old. Um, the purpose of it is to sort of educate COVID traders on the highs and lows of day trading and be incredibly transparent and honest about how hard it can be. And we like to really hammer home that it's not a get rich quick scheme. Um, there's a lot of strategy, a lot of back testing, a lot of, uh, psychology that goes into it. We do that by interviewing traders on FinTwit, but what makes us unique is it's not always the the top of the top traders. We like to interview real people out there in the grind who have found some success. And uh, anyway, I love the podcast. It's one of my favorite things. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, one of the reasons that your account stuck out to me was because of your transparency and you know, every day you come on and you talk about whether it was a green day or a red day, how you felt, did I fail my rules? Am I confident in how my trading's going? You know, even when you went through a struggling phase, I guess you, it seems like you pulled out of that a little bit now. I, don't, I you can hope comment. so. I hope so. <laughs> but, but no, you were just brutally honest with yourself. And I feel like a lot of traders like myself and the COVID traders that are growing need that because you just see every day, you know, the people who have been in it for four or five, six years plus, and they're having 10K days now. And that's all you're comparing to because that's usually what's getting the likes and retweets. So just wanted to say thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> I guess where, let's start at the beginning. When did you start trading? I started trading around June of 2020. So I was stuck at home with two little kids, like basically everybody in America. And I started reading the morning brew. And I like that. Yeah. Kind of 
through the morning brew was like, I feel like I might want to get some, uh, my initial thought was, um, I thought there was going to be a meat shortage because like I went to the grocery store right when COVID hit and I was literally like fighting someone for cauliflower in the back of the freezer section. And I was like, well, there, it seems like there's a shortage. So I wanted to buy stock in beyond meat. I never bought a stock before in my life. Um, opened up or actually DM'd my brother-in-law and was like, if I opened up a Robin hood, would that be insane? And he was like, <laughs> Nope, not at all. Do it. So open up a Robin hood and then very quickly went from like Robin hood to Motley fool to Tim Sykes, to FinTwit to Atlas to everyone makes and, their way through Tim Sykes. Yep. <laughs> at one point yep. Or another. Um, that's a funny story. I like applied to be a Tim Sykes challenge student and paid like I think I paid $200 to get to like the front of the line so they called me to interview me the next day or something and they were really selling me like hey you seem very driven I think you'd be a great challenge student like let's go ahead and get you in the program that'll be $6,500 or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh boy. Holy crap. Like that's a lot. That's more money than I really wanted to trade with at the time. Yeah. Um, and kind of took a step back and was like, this is really something I want to do and ended up not doing it and sort of trying to make my own way. And honestly, I've lost a lot more than that now. So, um, you know, who knows, who knows if that was the right way to go, but that was not, that wasn't the way that I went. All right. I guess um, similar question. Um, when you like at the start of COVID and when you first started trading, were you working a full-time or a part-time job? And are you still working that job now? So I work um, at my mom's real estate firm here in Atlanta. And in the beginning of COVID, you know, things were shut down. I had a lot of time. And then obviously COVID was amazing for real estate. So sort of was trying to juggle both of those things. And I honestly juggle a lot of things because I'm a full-time painter as well. So I have like an art studio, a family, a podcast, trading. I still sort of like consult at the real estate business. So I work a lot. You stay busy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Um, I was going to say, what's the name of your art Instagram? I know you posted sure. that. It's Blaine and then underscore art. But my name is spelled, it's B-L-A-Y-N-E. So if you just put that into Instagram, it should come up. There's not a ton of people. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, six and a half years full time, like professionally, but I've been, I wanted to be an artist since I was five. So, so like I, in high school, um, did an art study abroad in Venice and then went to college to do art. So it's been lifelong dream. So as you've been, you know, becoming a mother and learning to become a mother, you've also been picking up these other like passions that you're turning into hopeful, like income streams. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I do marketing at real estate and my, my sort of initial reason for starting the podcast was 
it was 2020, like traders were making a killing. And I was like, well, people like to buy art from artists they know. So if I start a podcast and get like well-known in this wealthy community, then I can sell art to these people. And that has not panned out. (laughs) Have you seen any increase in sales? One person bought a print and another person bought a UGA national championship little like paper thing that I did. So (laughs) have you ever at all considered going into digital art forms or are you kind of set on painting and physical forms? I did an NFT collection um, about four or five months ago thinking I'm an artist and like it, it would be so dumb of me not to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just sitting there. I think like four have sold. It's, I was never known as a digital artist so that it was hard to make the leap. And I did it and I minted them or you have to have Tezos to buy them, not Ethereum. And the majority of NFTs are minted on something called open seas and they're bought using Ethereum. And so the Tezos thing was like minor on object O-B-J-K-T, I think, um, which is just isn't as well known. There were a lot of hurdles to just a regular old someone who's used to writing me a check for a painting or whatever. Yeah. In order mm-hmm. to like get an NFT with traction, you usually have to do a lot of, you know, pre-marketing and pre-launch stuff, building a community in Discord. So there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Yeah. That's sort of more than I can do. I got... <laughs> No, definitely. (laughs) And uh, I feel like just coupled with the day we're on the Tezos network, that Uh probably just gives you a smaller group of people that you're, you could reach with that, but either way, either way, Um, anyway, (laughs) you gotta, being an entrepreneur, you know, you have to try multiple avenues and sometimes they all don't work out as they should, or as you plan them to be. Totally. You just learn and then grow from them for the next opportunity. Yeah. Or uh, keep, I don't know, I just read a thing by um, James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, that that said, um, anything worth doing in your life, be it building a family, building a business, getting in really good shape, all of those things take at least five years. So, and I think trading is probably falls right into that, like becoming a good, profitable, consistent trader. So I, I do kind of like to distract myself while I'm on that five-year path of like, well, let me start this. And then in five years, this will be right. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think for traders, it's like, especially ones that are in the process of getting to the point that we deem the end or deem when it's like a full career. But uh, until then, we, we all kind of try other things on the side just because we know that that's the main thing, but until that works out, we're going to try other stuff because the learning process is really difficult and it tests you mentally in almost every facet. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's the toughest thing I've ever done. Learn more about myself trading than I did about, than I did in any other thing. It's just so, funny. Yeah. Sorry. I just want to say one thing. Uh, like when I've been listening to podcasts, whether it be yours or uh, Penny's going in raw, any of those trading ones, um, whenever they have, successful traders on they always talk about how uh 
they uh, they always say that it challenges them more than any other occupation or any other challenge that they've went through in life. And when I initially would listen to the podcast, I'd be like, hmm, I'm not really sure how, you know, trading stocks and exchanging money essentially is going to test me in such a way that I'll question things worse than, you know, my most difficult challenges in life. But now that I'm looking back, I it seems clear today that that's just you have to because it's more of an emotional battle that you're going through and in order to control control your totally. emotions. I'm currently at the stage of my battle where I'm like making myself believe that the stock market can't hurt me, which uh, Mark Douglas talks about a lot of just like it can't like cause me pain. Like I have done this. The stock market didn't do this. And it's a very hard mental exercise to be like to get your mind back there because when you start trading it never occurs to you that that like the stock market could hurt you you're like this is fun i made ten dollars or whatever especially covid traders yeah 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 and then it's like there's a whole mental part of like well i'm hurt did the market hurt me did i hurt myself and like now i'm like i did all of this I did all, but the, the market didn't hurt me. I did this to me. I didn't follow so, my rules for 10 trades straight and now I'm down a lot. Yeah. I, I hate the market. Wait, it's yeah. actually me though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Podcasting remotely can be challenging, but with Zencaster, the product that we use to record our episodes, it doesn't really have to be. Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution makes the process pretty quick and painless, which is, you know, the way we really want it to be. If you've been listening to The Black Box for a while now, you know that we constantly talk about how we want to bring the best quality and the best content for our listeners, you guys. And with Zencaster, they provide crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video for us as we record our episodes with our guests. Uh, Not to mention it's easy to use. That's why we really like it because instead of having to coach, you know, guests on how to set up a podcast that they haven't been on one before, we basically just say show up with a mic and a, a computer and you're good to go with Zencaster. Zencaster is all about making your podcast experience easy and with everything from local recording to automatic post-production tools, if you want to use those, uh, you don't even have to leave your browser to get the entire episode done. If you go to zen.ai slash blackbox and enter our promo code blackbox, you'll get 30% off on your first three months of Zencaster Pro. That's zen.ai slash blackbox, B-L-A-C-K-B-O-X. It's time to share your story. Ahmed, what were you going to say? Sorry, I cut All you right, off. I, I mean, I guess like when just refocusing on the trading um like blaine what were your what were your tactics or what like what were your resources that you used to learn about this or were there people in your life that helped you along the way Um, sure sure um well i started off in atlas trading penny stocks following basically like um all of pj's calls i really liked pj um, I guess have a good like, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I do like PJ. Um, and right. I thought he was a really great trader and there were some other traders like incredible Bob and Zach Morris in there that, um, were more swing traders or, you know, uh, I think Bob does bios and I sort of dabbled, but those weren't really for me. I also liked Ripster. I thought he was great. So PJ and Ripster were kind of my guys who I was learning from. Um, And I found myself like not being super successful, just following their calls. And it was sort of like everybody was making money, but I 
I was just buying too high and FOMOing. And even in this super pumped COVID market, I like couldn't, couldn't do it. So um, I, I struggled for a while and Brad Mullins from Mullins Momentum really, really helped me. I always loved him in Atlas. He was so helpful. He started his own discord and immediately I became like the first mod of the Mullins Momentum Discord. And um, so he's helped me a lot. My friend AC Texas Hammer, who I met in that Discord, has helped me. Broda, um, <coughs> Callum, all my kind of old school Mullins people have helped me a lot. And then, um, you know, Penny's kind of fell apart toward the end of last year. It just yeah. wasn't. And I was above PDT, but I kept falling below PDT and then putting more money in. And it was costing me money to trade, yeah. if, which was bad for me mentally. So I let, I mean, my account fell below PDT. I let it go below PDT. I converted it to cash and then I switched to options. Um, and I've been trading exclusively options since January. And my people who have helped me, a uh, shark trader has helped me the most, um, just with like mentality and strategy and personally going over things. Dr. Bull Shark, I absolutely love. He's amazing. Uh, Rodessa and um, Spy Momo has helped me quite a bit. She's really good with fibs. And of course, Broda with his futures um, has helped a lot. I, I mit, I'm missing like <coughs> there's so many. People. Yeah, I know. Um, Ellis, my co-host is he's uh, amazing and has helped. I know yeah. I'm missing people, but that those that's my general crew. <laughs> I really like Rodessa's content. <coughs> yeah, yeah, really good motivation when you need it. So good. His level break retest is pretty incredible. Like I was trading things and he was like, this is in our range. Why are you taking it in the range? I'm like, no, 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 look good. And he like drew it out for me and was like, when it breaks. Oh, that's what I was going to say. What were the things that you were struggling on the most that your mentors at the time like honed in on to try to get you to push you to the next level? Um, I really struggled with thinking I was a breakout trader, <laughs> which is funny because uh, that used to work. And it hasn't it, worked. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so I would like buy the breakout and then it would immediately go back in the range. Out, yeah. So um, I've now learned really from Shark and Rodessa. Shark has this thing called BRB, which is like breakout, retest, breakout. Um, and so you buy on the retest. And I like that strategy a ton. And then it keeps you from the fake breakout. Because you have to confirm it. There's, yeah. there's two confirmations in front of you. Yeah. Yep. And the risk reward is like tiny because like either it holds or it doesn't. And then um, I like buying. Also, I was doing I was buying like calls at resistance. Like, I mean, that's what breakout traders kind of do. But I, it was so like stupid. And that would hold down to the next level. And Shark was like, you're freaking kidding me like you're never you're never gonna win if you yeah. do this so you should have um, taken puts if that's what you, should, right, you took the right. trade as <laughs> yes yes and i took me a long time a long time and i wouldn't 
I wouldn't even say that I've mastered that fully of like, like no. I'll still buy a call at resistance every once in a while. If I feel like it's got just for good measure, momentum or, I mean, I make mistakes all the time, but I really like the BRB play and I really, really like kind of trying to grab a reversal off of support or resistance. However, I like puts. So like when it comes too. into like a huge resistance and it's, overextended and everything i like to grab some puts yeah i mean it's it's pretty much the same strategy but when you play like break of low of day retest it's still a level but same thing and then that usually follows through pretty well if it's in the i also love bear flags love bear that's like i've been playing formations a lot lately too but yeah i pretty much had to go through all that but there was a period of time where i was getting too overwhelmed with all the people on fintwit that I mean, I was using it for news, but I wasn't following anyone's advice or really their sentiment at all. Mm-hmm. And that forced me to go through all of these lessons one by one, like alone, which is good mm-hmm. because now I have the foundation. But if I had a mentor, I feel like it would have sped the process up a bit. Totally. Um, I'm super stubborn. Did, didn't know I started <laughs> trading, but there's there's been a lot of like, you can't tell me like. Yeah, you're, you're shouting at the screen, but then you sit yeah. down afterwards and reflect and you're like, if I keep doing that, I'll never be a successful trader. Yeah, totally. Or like Shark, Shark I I love him. Like he's he's been the most personally invested in my, oh, Jason Spatafora, the Wolf of Weed Street. Oh, I cannot freaking believe I forgot him on the first round. A uh, huge, huge mentor of mine changed the whole trajectory of my trading. I mean, massive, but, um, anyway, shark will call me sometimes when he knows I've had a red day and he's like, you want to tell me what happened? I'm like, no, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. And it's always like buying at resistance. It's the same stupid shit. Well, I think (laughs) you also feel that way because when you, start to repeat the same mistakes then you just get sick and tired of yourself (laughs) so after those days you're just like you're like come on we gotta do better yeah 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 totally um jason spatafora was the one who taught me about the apple challenge he convinced me to just try to make 50 dollars a day on apple um just to make me consistent and then like prove to myself that I could do it. And that's certainly the most like confidence I've ever had as a trader. I feel terrible. I forgot him on the first round. Um, but I'd never put together a string of consistency like that before. It was pretty game changing. Nice. Um, is there like a specific stock or ETF that you like to trade like their options for, or are you open to multiple, um, multiple, stocks multiple indexes so the more the more opportunities i see in the market the worse i trade um so i (laughs) i mostly trade apple that's my main my main girl um sometimes i'll trace trade spy but she can like really do dirty if you're not careful um, I like AMD a lot because when it dumps, it like really dumps. So I like AMD. Um, 
ABBV is kind of a sleeper stock that I became obsessed with a while ago. Is it small the, cap? No. Um, no. But, sorry, it is not a small cap. <laughs> um, it's just a lesser known stock, but the spread, it's very spready. So okay. it has to, it has to be just right, but I like it. Um, the Q's are hard for me. Uh, BA is hard for me. I don't trade that very well. Ford's kind of fun to trade sometimes, but I don't really go outside of my little basket. Your wheelhouse. Yeah. Would you say that's fairly common among traders where they focus on one or one or a few specific things to trade and trade on? I think it really depends because when I was yeah. trading pennies, it was whatever is the highest percent gainer, you know, what's gapped up overnight, what has the most volume, like, and that would trade. It wouldn't change really every day, but every like three to four days, you would get an entirely new batch of just crap companies. (laughs) It just, um, but I think options traders like really, really, really have favorites and they know it's. You learn the stock. Yeah. What I love about options so much is that they all work in tandem. So there's like a beautiful inefficiency between Apple and Spy that you can, uh, what am I trying to say? Play them off each other? Yeah. Yeah. Like because Apple and also the Qs, it works as well with them. But like because Apple is such a big component of Spy and the Qs, that if Apple is like ripping and the cues and the spy are behind, you can like grab calls and sort of play off that little lag, which I really like a lot. Um, And vice versa. Like if spies way up and Apple knives, then you can snag that little thing. Do you utilize VIX at all? Because the same kind of thing can be said except inverse. Totally. Totally. So my, um, I have six stocks that I watch. And so I spy, QQQ, VIX, Apple, Microsoft. And then in the middle will be like, if I want to play AMD or whatever kind of my special one of the day is I played Chewy today because um, I saw my friend Adam Sliver talking about it. I was like, let me take a look at this. Oh yeah. I know know who that is. Yeah. I don't often take other people's calls. I've gotten really, really, really good at not, doing that because it burned me so many times but like there's some people you can trust i like him yeah and like dr bullshart i'll take his calls sometimes because i trust him so and i just wanted to reiterate one more time that this episode was made with zencaster and check out our coupon code below if you're interested to utilize their tools all right i guess um somewhat somewhat less related to the trading but something i definitely wanted to ask you um has being a woman or specifically being a mother, has that ever been an obstacle for you in your, in your trading or in any other aspect of uh, your professional like, career? Or has it been more of like an opportunity or stepping stone for you? Um, I think probably both actually. Like I think it's been a massive advantage and then like maybe a slight disadvantage I think in the art world, people take male artists more seriously. Um, 
So that has been, it's just been sort of something to overcome. There's also so many more female artists than men that it's harder to like break out, if you will. But I've loved being a woman artist. I've never actually thought it was a disadvantage. It's just something I've noticed. Um, And then trading, I think, like right now, I think, and I hope this doesn't like make Dan and Hugh be like, whoopoo. But I think right now, Dan and Hugh uh, from Penny's Going and Raw would say that we're like fairly equal and we're good friends. So I, I don't think I'm like overstepping by saying not our podcasts are equal, but like as podcasters, I think we're all in the same thing. Um, but we started not too far from each other. I think I started about six months after them and I was super, um, inspired by them. Like I'll give them credit all day, every day, but the hurdles I had to get over being a woman. Well, I didn't know what I was talking about. So that was like a big hurdle and they did. So, and so that was great. And they had like, he was already a millionaire. Dan is just funny as hell. Like they had great entertainer bottle. Yeah. 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 Um, and so they, they had that. They also had at the full support of Atlas behind them, which was awesome. I had nothing. I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't have a huge following and also I was a woman. And so there were some hurdles that I had to get over at first. The main one was that people were really mean to me about my voice. Um, they were like, her voice is just so hard to listen to. Like I could never Why? listen what? to her. I think it, I don't know. I don't know really, but I got a lot of like, comments about how terrible my voice is so i thought it's not very nice it's not nice um i, mean, I bought several <laughs> different microphones to and i finally found one that is like the best for women's voices but so interestingly all microphones are for men for so, a deeper voice yep so you're sort of screwed on in, any woman is not going to sound as good on a microphone as a man. So that's I never even thought about that. Right? Yeah. Um and then I think I really really had to prove myself. And I I also am not making that up. People have said, people have DM'd me and been like, "When you first started, I thought you were a joke or I thought it was so cringy to listen to you or whatever." And I think now they're like, "Yep, yeah, that's that Explain. That's her podcast. We know her. We know what she's been through. She's got credit. Like now it's totally fine. And I can say, you know, I think me and Dan and Hugh are all kind of like, I can say that, but in the beginning I had to jump through more. Well, I was going to say, do you think also in terms of like getting reputable guests because you were a woman and reaching out to them, maybe they didn't think not not just because you're a woman, but maybe I don't want to be on someone's podcast that might not know what they're talking about or might not be, haven't, they haven't proved themselves. No, not really. I got really, really lucky with that. I got, um, Vinny strokes who produces raw. I got Kenny powers and laid back as one of my like 
Oh, yeah, so laid back. My first like five episodes. Laid back was one of the first guys I found on Finch. So, I yeah. was like, I like it here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I had Alex, I had Kenny and laid back, I had um, Mystic Mac and Tommy and uh, singles and doubles. So, so you had I, a lot of good guests right yeah, off the bat. Yeah, it was like pretty magical <laughs> that they all, and uh, I've never actually had a problem getting a there's a there's someone right now who i really want who's a world champion trader who i'm like having to kind of (laughs) finagle but like usually i don't know i feel very lucky that people have come on and then now i'm in a position where people want like people are reach out to me wanting to come on which is oh yeah i could see that especially with what you've built already because even with our podcast we we're using some platforms but we get frequent messages about guests, so I could only imagine how uh, how much traffic you get, or in terms of requests to be on. But yeah, we're actually in the process of talking to Hugh right now to get him on the pod. Also, oh, did he say yes? Yeah, he did. It's just he's a hard man to like lock down. Yeah, he's very very busy, but he's so generous. I feel like he's so incredibly generous. Every time he hits me up, he's like, "Sorry, man." Let's, yeah. let's finalize something. So I, I know. Sent them, I sent yeah. him a Calendly, Calendly link and I was like, just book whatever you want. Let me know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> for sure. I mean, I remember Hugh, I really wanted both Dan and Hugh and Hugh was the first one to say yes. And I was like, <gasps> and I definitely got both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I was so excited and I was like, I will literally anything in my life. I will move. If you will just come on the pod. The value I, he know. brings to wherever he goes is just for his it's for incredible. his age too, he's a year younger than us. So, oh really? Yeah. Wow. So you guys are young. Yeah, twenty three. Twenty three. Oh, well, I mean, congratulations on finding trading so early. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I started during COVID. <clears throat> a friend of mine that I went to college with, he actually got into options a little bit before COVID had started. So a little bit before the first initial wave of retail during COVID came <clears throat> and he hit really big on Tesla, like a seven figure payday. And then he started trying to introduce me to that. But then, you know, it, in order to get to that point to understand how things work, you have to make a lot of losses and a lot of failures. So totally, we started that journey, but then there was that period during COVID where if you bought anything and any call or any stock, pretty much it was going to go up totally. so then, during that time. I feel like everyone made, uh, like a wave of capital. And then some people either had already developed the proper strategies at that point and were able to build off that large sum they were able to accumulate. But then others kind of had to slowly dwindle that amount down and figure out how they were going to manage their risk and learn these rules. I feel like there was a lot of overconfidence during that time. Totally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Ahmed, was there anything else you wanted to cover? Yeah, I actually, I wanted to ask, uh, so Blaine, I, I know you mentioned that when you started the podcasting journey, you didn't really have that big of an audience, but you were able to get a few really great guests early on that helped you grow your audience. Mm-hmm. Is there, what, what else did you do that helped you along the way to develop your audience and get people that like, uh, that are coming back every episode? So I think the main sort of bloodline of the podcast is just my struggles. Um, and I'm 
just very honest. And it's not been pretty. Like, it hasn't been a constant upward trajectory. I've made a lot of sacrifices for it. Um, I stopped drinking for a long time because I was having trouble figuring out think or swim. And I just felt like I wasn't thinking clearly. And that spoke to a lot of people. Um, And then I talk a lot about like addictions, like gambling addictions and things. I'm going more into trader psychology now probably, but I think people just wanted to hear somebody be really honest about how hard it is. Just like the real perspective of it. Totally. People have said that my podcast makes them feel not as alone, which is probably like the nicest thing. That's what you want to hear about it. So yeah. It's awesome. Makes me feel like I'm doing something right. That's a nice thing to give somebody. Also the journey of trading and just what you're trying to do with the podcast is being better every day and improving at least some aspect. So you getting those, that type of feedback shows that you're obviously moving in the right direction. Even if right now you're not having 10 K days. Totally. Totally. <laughs> All right. I guess. Um, so basically what's, what's next? Like, what do you, what's on the horizon in a year from now, five years from now? Um, like whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Sure. Um, I'm working right now on trying to develop an accountability platform. Um, And I don't know exactly in my mind, like how I'm going to get from here to where I want to be. I've done it that before with my art and with the, I, I trust myself that I can do that, but um, I think it's going to be like a paid situation where we do goal setting and some sort of like reverse engineering ways to get to where you want to go. Um, accountability. I think there will be like a book club aspect to it because I've worked with Jerry Tindler, who I love, who has like a beautiful book about trading that gets people on track. So just like a, a holistic approach to trading that's not by this call. And I, there might be some education, not, not education in an icky way, but just sort of like advice by master traders. Um, so that's my main, my main thing I'm working on. And I would love to have that launched as a entity, um, in the next few months, which is funny since I don't, since I'm like, I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's coming together. That's awesome. Are you going to plan to work with developers on that site or something? Oh yeah, I don't know anything about any of that. Fiverr is good, you know, Upwork and stuff. If you want to, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm an idea person. Well, yeah, then you you gotta use the right people to make your idea become reality. Yeah, I'm not a not a executor, so (laughs) so to speak. (laughs) Well, someone needs to come up with the ideas. (laughs) All right, um, I guess on questions, yeah. Yeah, Blaine, do you want to just include your social media and um, your podcast one more time for our listeners? So if you want to look at my paintings, uh, I will 
brag about those since you asked me to, but um, they've been published like nationally and internationally. They've been on HGTV and Magnolia Network. Um, awesome. They are selling from me and then there's also a secondhand market for it. So I think that they're good investments if you are into original art. So that's a Blaine underscore art, B-L-A-Y-N-E underscore art. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter where I, I am honest about my day, I don't always say how big my red days are, but you, but I'm always honest on if I'm green or red or how I'm going. And it's really like a trading journal. That's, Penny underscore Lane, L-A-N-E underscore B-B-M, which are my initials. Um, so you can follow me there. And then it's the Penny Lane podcast. It publishes every Monday and Thursday. Awesome. And we'll we'll make sure to also have all of that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, John, do Thank you want Thank you wanna... so much. Yeah, I could send yeah. us off. You guys know where to reach us. Black Box Podcast, No Way in the Black on Instagram and Twitter. Black Box Podcast with an A in the Black on TikTok. Our email is blackboxsubmission at gmail.com. And thank you again, Blaine. Uh, Thank you so much, Blaine. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. Peace. Peace.